are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Back with you, hour two of the show, off and running in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi is C Spire. Customer inspired. Check them out online, cspire.com. A man prints hoops on YouTube on the Murray West live thread. In the words... He, he typed it out in all caps. In the words of now in the ring of honor, the great legendary Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Johnson. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> How about them Cowboys? <laughs> That's for you, Prince. That's just for you. He's strutting around. Everywhere he goes, he's got this theme song in his head today. Strutting around like a rooster in the hen yard. Look at it. <laughs> the two seed and got a home game hosting the Packers. And hey, and here are some numbers for well, let me let me read this first. Jared, he texted on the country pleasing text line. Country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the South. Hey, you know what? <clears throat> Last night, I had uh I I had frozen or <clears throat> it's in the freezer. Uh two big links of that boudin that they make at Country Meat Packers, Country Pleasing. Well, I thought it out, and I I hit up Aaron and Henry there uh, about some ideas of how to cook it. I, I didn't like turn the grill on or anything like that. I may try that later. But as far as either cooking it or heating it back up, there was a skillet and an oven option. and these Anyway, and I made it and ate it last night, and good gracious alive, it's so good. I made some rice to go with it. Had cornbread. It was some kind of good. All right. uh, Jared said, excited and shocked, really, that my Packers made the playoffs. Our chance to win at Dallas is to get ahead early because McCarthy is a good player with the lead, but good coach with the lead, but not so much when he's losing. He says, I think Dallas's key to winning is their defense's ability to pressure the quarterback. Yeah, right. I mean, kind of lean on that. Tell you one thing too, Cowboys fans were like <gasps> holding their breath when Stephon Gilmore went out of that game yesterday with a banged up shoulder. But they said he's okay. You know, we'll see about that. That could just be trying to make it look that way so the Packers prepare for it. But I mean, what's the deal? I hope he's okay for the Cowboys' sake. <clears throat> Without him, I mean, he's changes things for sure. But the Cowboys are so good at home. Uh, just real quick, real quick, real quick. Hold on. <laughs> they are – that's why it was so big for them to get in the position they're in to have a home game in the playoffs because they have been an entirely different team at home versus on the road this year. And I was looking at some numbers early. All right, so the Cowboys are 8-0 and at home. 12-5 and overall. They're 8-0 and at home this year. When you look at playing good teams, the Packers have played six games versus playoff teams, teams that are in the playoff, good teams. They are three and three. They they beat the Rams, the Lions, and the Chiefs. 
and then they had losses to the Lions, so they split with them in the division, and to the Steelers and lost at Tampa Bay. That was their three losses to playoff teams. They, had, they went three and three. Green Bay, if I was looking at this right, only has one road loss. To I think they have two road losses to playoff teams, at Pittsburgh and at Tampa. Okay, so look at it that way. And, and the reason you look at home and away and playoff teams is because if you've watched Dallas, and I've watched them, when they're in Dallas, they look one way. And when they're not, they look another way. And I know that they've got, what, this road blowout of Washington, but so what? And that's the other thing, too. Dallas, does. it's not like they played a super-duper – sorry, I knocked a drink over. It's not like they play a super-duper difficult schedule this year. I was looking at this, too. Cowboys, okay, so 12-5. and five. The five losses this season, they're all on the road. But they were five losses – on the road to pretty much collectively the best teams they played outside of one. Um, their five losses were to teams with a combined winning percentage of 57.6, pretty doggone good. And four of the five losses are to current playoff teams. That would be... Who? Who? Who did they lose to? So, San Francisco, division champ. Philadelphia, division runner-up. Uh, who else? Buffalo, division champ. And the Dolphins, division runner-up. All four playoff teams, two division champs. That's four of their five losses right there. So, them being at home, they're like it's, it's massive. But, overall... You could go, okay, against playoff teams this year, teams that are in the playoffs. The Cowboys went three and four. The Packers went three and three. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying you hit these playoffs, man. Just about anything can go down and happen. Just about anything can happen without it being a tremendous surprise. That's, that's what I would think. And again, I you know, at home, that pass rush, that offense, CeeDee Lamb, best receiver in the NFL this year, the emergence of the tight end, really the emergence of the backup running back, who at times to me, that that kid looks like he's a little more explosive than than Pollard is. You know, you get Martin healthy, he didn't play yesterday. You get the other guard healthy, he didn't play. Um so maybe they um, you know, win this, this home game and move on and see how many home games they can get. The deal is, though, just over the, the long haul of the season, to me, it's just to me, their, their team as a whole, when you look at Dallas's run defense, which has not been very good, great, I mean very average run defense throughout the year, and then running the ball on offense. Anytime they've run up against a pretty decent defense, they struggle running the ball. There's like this extra level of physicality in in the guts of the game that I just haven't felt like they've had, that, that Dallas has had on either side of the ball versus watching a team like San Francisco 
or watching a team like Baltimore. I mean, really, over the, the long haul of the season, you look at Dallas's run defense, can you imagine that run defense playing against Baltimore and, and what the Ravens would do to them? So we'll see. All right, over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. We've got a new number. It's 897-1059. The 1059 is the same. It's 897-1059. On line one, Andre. Thanks for calling, Andre. What's up? Man, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing fine. Happy Happy New Year simply because I hadn't talked to you yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, we got some good stuff going on. Yep. I want to know who you got in the national championship game and why. I got Michigan uh, because kind of what I was talking about with the Cowboys right there. I think Michigan is the more physical team offensive-defensive line overall. And I know Washington's offensive line was talked about and how good – and, man, I could not have been more impressed with Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback for Washington last week. I mean, he was so good in that receiver and everything. But, I mean, look, Michigan went in there and physically just went toe-to-toe with Alabama. That stands out to me. So I, I think Michigan will win it. Do you think that's going to be Jim Harbaugh's last game? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. As well, a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, where where – Trying to think, I hadn't taken it a step further, Andre. But you've already got some openings in the NFL. Where do you think he's going? Uh, to be honest with you, I think if it was me, I know everybody saying Chicago. I would have to go with the Chargers, man. Hmm. They got they got an established quarterback, and he already gonna bring the defense, and he gonna go get a running back. So. If it was me, I would go to the uh, L.A. Chargers. Yeah, Chargers. I think that would be a great fit for him. Yeah. I, I, don't, know, I don't know about the Bears. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I would pass on the Bears. And I don't, Seriously, you know, the I'd Bears, you don't know who your quarterback's going to be in Chicago. That's you, right. You know who it is in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. You know, and I wonder about, <clears throat> you know, I wonder what Washington's going to do. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Hey, you know what? I was talking about this today, Andre. I th- they don't do it very much in the NFL, but I think it would be smart for Washington to consider elevating Eric Bieniemy to their head coach position. You know, he's been coaching their offense. He did a good job with their offense. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the problem with Washington was they they defense yeah. fell apart. Fell apart. They had a lot of injuries, and they just. They wasn't the defense they was last year. That's why, I, I, yeah, I think I would do that too. Yeah, but, I, yeah, absolutely. We're gonna talk about some of these these playoff games. I know you were talking about Dallas. Yeah, I, I see them beating Green Bay, but I got a feeling the Detroit Lions gonna get sweet revenge on them the next week. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to figure out right because if if Detroit beats who does who does because uh, Philadelphia's got so they got the Rams. Yeah, they got the Rams. They got the Rams. If they win that game and the Cowboys win, they're going to play each other again in yeah. Dallas. In Dallas, yeah. Yeah. And the way they screwed that up, <laughs> I just got that strong. <laughs> hey, 
that stuff matters, man. Yeah. I, I got that I got that feeling the Lions gonna come right back and beat them this time. I mean, the and the storylines that you have in the NFL playoffs this weekend, they're great every year, but I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like this. You got Green Bay going to Dallas to face their former coach McCarthy. You got That's right. Jared Goff versus Matthew Stafford, but on the tre- teams they got traded to, playing each other uh-huh. back in Detroit. You've got, what, Philadelphia going to the Buccaneers. you got, and then the AFC, I'm trying to think. Okay, so I love this one. you got the Miami Dolphins, okay, who live in 70-degree weather in January, going, uh-huh. going to Arrowhead on Saturday night where it's going to be four degrees, like, Literally single digits on Saturday yeah. night. And you, and you got Tyreek Hill going home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Playing the Chiefs and all that talk. That's exactly right. That's uh, great. The, 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 thing about, the thing about Kansas City is I just don't see it in the cars for them this year. I, I don't like their receiving core like nobody else do. Yeah. yeah. I got the Buffalo Bills coming out of there. And I got the 49ers coming out the NFC. And at the end of the day, I got the 49ers winning the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's time for Jack Allen to get to a Super Bowl, but I just don't think he's going to win it. Wouldn't surprise because me. Because he's going to try to do it all by himself. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me one single bit. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Just because they right, well, the, the Bills have been close, you know. And they the thing is for Josh Allen and the Bills is like they kept running up on the Chiefs every year, and. The, and the Chiefs have been special. The Chiefs are not special this year. They're hanging on by a thread, nope. and, and you know they just don't quite have the personnel. I don't think. Well, I hope you got Peacock. That's, that's the only <laughs> way you're gonna watch. I'm gonna figure it out. I, I some of that stuff I can't. I don't know if I've got it or not. I just have to hit it and then see if it'll log in. You know, and if not, I'll call somebody. <laughs> So I appreciate right. it. Before I get out of here, do you have do anybody have an idea where Ole Miss running back going? Uh Junkin. Yeah, I don't have Judkins. I don't have any clue. They put on Twitter or X yesterday that he was in Columbus, Ohio, like insinuating that he was visiting Ohio State, but I hadn't heard anything. Have you? I, I haven't heard a thing, man. I, I hope he reconsider and come back to Ole Miss. I, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> I don't know if you can change your mind and go back to the school you was at. Because <laughs> I haven't heard of anybody doing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, especially after the fan base takes your jersey and burns it, puts it on Twitter. You know, like it's hard to it's hard to put that toothpaste back in the tube, for sure. Appreciate the phone call, Andre. All right, well, I'm going to let you go, man. I love, I love talking to you. I like the show. Thank you. And uh, all I can say is let's go Bulldogs. Let's get to the Sweet 16 this year in basketball. There you go. Yeah, let's do it. we got a ways to go. All right, Appreciate it. All right, you too. You too. Have a good one. That's Andre. Appreciate it. Phone call on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Andre said to the Sweet 16, State's got some work to do, right? Well, you just got to get in the tournament and then get hot. But you've got to get in the tournament. And, you know, you have one – you had two losses in the non-conference, one of which was a really bad one. And then you lose the first conference game this weekend uh, – to South Carolina. And South Carolina did look improved to me, but I, I just thought State didn't really play well. And State looks like a team that just they don't quite have it all together yet, right? And when, the other, you know, it's very, very much so more complicated than what I'm about to say. 
But if it could only be as simple as this, you don't shoot the ball well from the outside except for one guy. So somehow get that one guy more shots from the outside. (laughs) Right? Like, I know it's more complicated than that, but that can sort of be the overall idea, can't it? You have Josh Hubbard on your team. He's the one guy you got who's pretty doggone good from the outside. So, two things. Number one, have him in the game. And number two, consistent opportunities for him to fire it up. And if he has a bad day shooting, we can live with it. Okay? But when we are 25 to 30 minutes deep into a ball game and you are two for five from three, you know, the other team's made a run and gotten themselves a double, you know, two possession lead. He must be in a game and he must have a chance for something to get him a shot. And <laughs> we got to have that. And don't let nobody else shoot it out there. Which they don't really for the most part. But I'm, I'm also not the sharpest tool in the shed. So I don't know. Boomer Sooner on the country pleasing text line said Karma for the Saints was. They run that play, run up the score. Three hours later, you're out of the playoffs. (laughs) Now, Nick says his man, G, who he calls, and we're talking about Gardner Minshew, cast a $2 million incentive after that game, that playoff game. Well, it was effectively a playoff game, right, for uh, the Colts versus the Texans. And that was a heck of a ball game. Watched every play of it Saturday night. Um, And it came down to that fourth down play, and they had the play called. You know, and no, it was not a perfect throw. And that isn't easy where you're trying to hit that angle coming off the edge and throw it in such a way somebody can't get a hand on it coming off, you know, pass rushing off the edge. A little bit behind the guy, but to the credit of the running back, he has to spin, but he gets two hands on it, didn't catch it, took responsibility for it. So throw wasn't perfect, but you got to catch it regardless. And that ended their season. But he said he catched a $2 million incentive for that game. Because he played 60% of their snaps this season, that would be due to the injury of the quarterback. and did a nice job. Here was a Gardner Minshew after that ball game about you know, the season ending and so forth. Man, I couldn't be uh, just more grateful for the opportunity. Um, you know, first with Shane, you know, the faith that to bring me here and to give me a chance. And, you know, the team kind of rallying around me. Like, I couldn't be more grateful for this year. And um, the guys in that room... Uh, it doesn't feel right that it ends this way, you know. Um, but man, just really, you know, happy to be a part of this group. That's Gardner Minshew. This is uh, former Southern Miss quarterback Nick Mullins. He was a QB for the Vikings, and they came up short uh, yesterday. Their season ended. It's been a long ride, up and down. I love the Vikings. I love the team. Just like what we were one and four, one and three, and then we went five and zero, oh, and then obviously the stretch. Like your starter goes down, and you'd love to come in and say like us quarterbacks, whoever was back there, led the team to the playoffs, and that's what we hoped for. Um, didn't get it done, um, but it's been fun. It's been like I said, love the Vikings. It sucks. It was it was a fun season. You learn a lot. You go through a lot. It's cool. All right, uh, Kenny, don't call me Ken. Country pleasing text line said. Made chicken gumbo Sunday and included some country-pleasing andouille sausage. Come on with that. I guarantee it was good. Uh, Brian says, there sure are a lot of Mississippi State alums in this playoffs. Yeah, I know. I know. And, I mean, and 
lots of meaningful snaps taken by state alums in these playoffs too. And then one of the coolest stats I think I've ever seen is from a state alum in the NFL who is not in the playoffs, played on two bad teams. Montez Sweat started the season for Washington, got traded to the Bears, and led both teams in sacks. And I think he's, they said what? He's like the only player in NFL history to lead two teams, to lead two teams in sacks in the same season. Six and six and a half, I think it was. Louvier texts and he said, uh, I can certainly imagine what the Ravens or 49ers would do to the Cowboys' defense. And, he says, it makes me feel warm inside. <laughs> I, I, look, if, I'm going to say it now. Like, if the Cowboys, as, as good as Micah Parsons is rushing and as big a year as Bland has had at corner for the Cowboys, if the Cowboys do somehow run up you know, on, on the NFC side or in the Super Bowl side against San Francisco and or Baltimore, then the Cowboys will have to score 35, 38, 40 points to be in that ballgame because I don't think their defense stop either one of those teams. Not that anybody else will or has for that matter. Now, regarding tonight, Jason in Flagstaff says, I want Washington to win. Michigan's perfect to copy and paste what Arizona State did to them, which is control the entire pace of the game and kept Phoenix on the bench frustrated. Difference is Michigan will also score. That's kind of how I feel about it, Jason. They'll be able to kind of control the pace of the game because they're so physical. And I just realized I left Prince's How About Them Cowboys up on the screen that entire segment. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> Y'all stick around. It's go time. Let's go. With a Matt Lyons show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. I am back with you. Folks on X are saying that um, uh, a, a defensive end from Auburn named Wilkie Denaud, or Deno, I don't know, I'm not sure the pronunciation, it's spelled D-E-N-A-U-D, uh, is transferring to state. So uh, get a kid from Auburn, transfer to state, play defensive end, that's pretty cool. Good for state, right? Need, to, need those kind of players. How about this question? Legba on the Murray West live thread says, put some sweetener in that coffee, Matt. You shouldn't grimace after you take a sip. Also, skillet is best for boudin. A true Cajun school me on that. Well, yeah. Um, in fact, I even had somebody tell me, like, what do you think about that? I had somebody tell me to just take a skillet and like put a little water in it, get it real hot, and then put it in there and let it kind of fry in it, basically, and it soaks that water up. I may be squinting like that after that because that coffee's hot. <laughs> I don't want any sweetener in it. Hot coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com and get yours today. It'll show up on your it'll show up on your doorstep. Do y'all realize what today is? Thanks to my lovely wife. 
the homecoming queen who sent me a text uh, reminding me, had a little graphic meme or whatever as a reminder. Today, January the 8th. Today, January the 8th. Uh, would have been Elvis Presley's 89th birthday. And there was some movie that Gary Busey was in. I don't even know what movie it was, but he had a great line about not working on Elvis's birthday. I get one thing straight here, or I'm walking too. I don't work on January the 8th, because that's Elvis's birthday. Come on. <laughs> I don't know what movie that is. Come on. Happy birthday, Elvis. Would have been 89. I'm an Elvis fan. Happy birthday, Elvis. Kevin says, You know Elvis is still alive somewhere. Bring it up. Everybody says they've seen him somewhere or another. I'm sure to get it flagged on Facebook, but this is what it is. Sometimes you got to do what's right, regardless of its cost to you. We got to honor Elvis's birthday. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, there's one other nugget. There's there's one other back in time nugget I wanted to bring to your attention today. Uh, on this day. In 1997, so not that long ago, <laughs> on this day, January the 8th, 1997, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers got his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Did y'all grow up watching Mr. Rogers? Hey, Beaver, did you grow up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? I did. Like, huge fan? Yes, no? Yeah, I wouldn't say massive fan, but I liked Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah, I did too. Because if, you know, if you talk about my, what I was a massive fan of back in the day, it was Dukes of Hazard and Thundercats, so I couldn't <laughs> put it on that level. <laughs> yeah, I was a huge fan of the A-Team. They always had to drug B.A. to get him on an airplane. Would you be mine? I can identify with that. Would you be mine? Yeah, on this day back in 97, Mr. Rogers got a Hollywood star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Sing along, everybody. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Putting on a sweater. Together, we might as well say. And some sneakers. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, my lasting memories from watching Mr. Rogers, as a kid, you know, growing up in the 80s, 90s, I'm like everybody else, you know, you, you've seen a million Mr. Rogers shows. You don't remember all of it. Certainly the open, putting on the sweater, changing shoes, that whole thing, and the songs. But the, there's two or three lasting memories for me from that show. One is he had an episode where they showed Lynn Swan. 
the star receiver for the Philadelphia, I'm sorry, sorry, misspoke for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Lynn Swan, Super Bowl champ, Hall of Famer Lynn Swan, how part of his training regimen as a football player was he took ballet. He took ballet. And I remember as a kid watching it thinking, hold on now. This is, we're talking football here? You know, big, muscular, bruising, beat each other up, tackle each other in the ground, mud in your face mask, bleeding, <laughs> football players. And he's and I'm watching a segment where this football player is talking about taking ballet for agility and everything. It showed him doing some of the things. And I don't know, I kind of had a hard time bringing it together in my head. I never forgot it. And then, you know, okay, <laughs> fast forward all these years later as an adult, became a little bit more familiar with the ballet world because my daughter is involved in uh, dance and ballet. And I mean like all the time at a high level. And, um, and so in that I've been exposed to it and watch more and seen more and learn more. Haven't done it myself, but have come to have a great appreciation for the athleticism and the flexibility and the strength and all that kind of stuff. And it actually makes sense. It now, and I don't know that it made sense when I was a kid. It makes sense now. Uh, another thing that stood out to me about that show was the trolley. You remember how he had the trolley that ride into his house and then ride out of his house, and next thing you know, he's in another world out there? I, I don't know. I had a hard time matching that up in my head, too, thinking, you know what? why am I supposed to believe that? <laughs> you can't have an opening in your house where a trolley runs in and runs out. It's going to let in cold air in the winter. <laughs> Bugs are coming in there. I don't care how tight you seal that hole. Stuff's coming in. Can't do that to your house. <laughs> so little seven-year-old Matt was thinking about those things as he watched uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Hey, uh, yes, I mentioned this earlier. Changing subjects here. This is on the uh, Murray West live thread. Go to murraywest.com. Contract embroidery company here in Mississippi. I, I don't care what it is. Like for your company, your business, your brand, your team, your church, whatever. If you need like a an order of custom apparel, whatever that's embroidered and say like this interlocking MSU logo on this pullover, you're going to get a bunch of those for your team to wear. Well, that's where you go. Go where everybody else is going. Go where Ole Miss Athletics goes. Go to Murray West. Find them online, murraywest.com. Will says, congratulations to Bulldog alum Montez Sweat for being the first and only NFL player to be the sack leader for two different teams in the same season. Yep, Bears and Commanders. What a year for him. Such a shame to be such a good player on such bad teams, but that happens sometimes. That's just kind of the sometimes kind of the way it is. We were talking Michigan and Washington earlier. Legba says Michigan's pass rush and corners will be the deciding factors. Michigan by ten. See, you know, again, it's kind of how you're feeling about it, just based on what we saw last week. I I will also preface what I said earlier. Andre called. He asked, you know, who would I pick for tonight? I said Michigan. Kind of gave him the reasons. Biggest thing for me is kind of. Just four-quarter physicality, offense, defensive line looks special to me for uh, for Michigan. 
last week when we talked about it too, one thing that pops up is especially you can watch them against Alabama. Part of the reason they're able to be so active and so good up front is because on the back end they cover. Their their back end of their defense, corners and safeties, were capable of just jumping in the pocket of Alabama receivers and just running with them. And not I mean, they close and bat away balls. They did not allow there to be open throws down the field. And and that was kind of the matchup within the matchup, right? You know, you look at Washington's quarterback and receiver and pass game coupled with, you know, or up against the the secondary and the coverage of uh, Michigan. It just seems like that, that sort of matchup within a matchup, which would favor Michigan. Kind of feel that way, too. Now, really, too, that, you know, far be it for me to stand here and try to evaluate those two teams, X's and O's or anything like that. I don't want to give you the impression that I've watched all 12 games for them, 13 games for each team. I have not. Okay? I haven't. I didn't watch Washington very much. In fact, when I watched them the other night, I was kind of blown away going, man, how, how in the world didn't this quarterback for Washington win the Heisman? He's incredible. And that's the thing, too. A player like that, and he showed it once in a playoff game the other night, a player like Michael Penix Jr. that is capable of stepping up on that kind of stage and playing the way that he played the other night uh, against Texas is pretty special. And, and sometimes a player like that, who the brighter the lights, the brighter he shines, can be a huge difference in a game like that also. So I'm excited to watch it tonight. No, you are too. Hey, a little bit of time left with you. I'll get your texts and your comments coming up here on this Reaction Monday. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Man Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you. A little bit of time left with you here on this Monday. Get on in here. You can call me on the Divini Equipment phone line, the number 897-1059. 897-1059. That's the number to call. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, text the show. He says, I'll say this about Washington. Even in that awful Arizona State game, Phoenix had wide receivers open everywhere. He was just pressing, trying too hard for the home run. And it cost him the Heisman, in my opinion. But they definitely have a chance to break some plays open. And, and you know, in a game like this, Jason, again, this is what we see. I'm kind of like you going in. Maybe it's one of those where you're just simply going to have to have a few home run plays in the game that you hit to, to keep to, to kind of keep this thing balanced. You know, if you if Washington goes in there and they don't, have those home run plays, they don't hit them, then, then Michigan will probably control the game. Jonathan texts the show. He says, do you or any of your listeners know anything about Graceland 2? He said, some crazy old man in North... Oh, Graceland 2. Yeah, like in, you say it, you're thinking in the number 2, but really it was T-O-O. I'd heard about it. I never went there. Jonathan said some crazy old man in North Mississippi had a home museum that was open 24-7. 
He says, all I remember is going there a few times late night while visiting friends at Ole Miss. It was insane. Jonathan, I've heard about it. And it's somewhere on the way, too. Maybe it was on YouTube or whatever. I caught a glimpse of it. And, um, yeah, uh, gosh, do I remember? It seems like maybe Anna Beth told me that she, when they were at Ole Miss, that they took a trip over there to go see it one time. There's a guy who was like a massive Ole Miss fan, had this unreal collection. It was like a, a mini Graceland. And you, where was it? Out in DeSoto County or Marshall County, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> I've heard about it. Don't know much about it uh, other than that, but I have heard about it. Never did get to see it, though. Uh, J-Rock texts the show and says, Hey, Matt, happy anniversary to Mrs. J-Rock. Yes, we got married on Elvis's birthday. Did y'all have Elvis music at your reception? He says, it sounds like it might be a, you might be a redneck joke in there somewhere. <laughs> you got married on Elvis's birthday on purpose. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Okay, Rebel Mike. I remember Mike when you um, mentioned this, and he says he took my advice, and he's not sorry about that. The Boudin Ball is amazing, best I've ever had from Country Meat Packers, Country Pleasing Sausages on Highway Forty Nine in Florence, and same with me. Like we were there for the show a couple months ago, and Aaron walks out and has these two things. They're like between the size of a tennis ball and tennis and, and a and a softball, like something in between, about that big, big old ball. And you break it open, it's this fried ball of boudin. It's fantastic. Crunchy on the outside. <clears throat> Whew. Yeah, it's some kind of good now. Uh okay, here it is, Chuck. On the Murray West live thread. Go to MurrayWest.com. He's on YouTube watching the show. He said it was called Graceland 2 and in Holly Springs. He said the house was wild looking. Same thing from Bill. Bill's on Facebook. He says he thought it was in Holly Springs. So Holly Springs, is that DeSoto County or is that Tate County or is that Marshall County? Why don't I look it up? I just have to look it up. Holly Springs, Mississippi is in. Hold on. Hold on. Don't guess. All right. Chuck says it's in Marshall County. Marshall County. Ding, 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 ding. There you go. You got it. <laughs> Chuck, you're right. Uh, Turner on the Murray West live thread says, if Dallas had a run game, they are a real Super Bowl contender. I, I kind of feel the same way. You know, run it, stop the run. It's like, Run the ball, stop the run. And and really, like Dallas is good and they are exciting. And Dak has had an incredible year, especially when you consider the fact that their run game has not been consistent week in and week out. And against the better teams they've played, it hadn't been really all that consistent. I mean, they can grind out some yards. They hadn't had any games where somebody just totally shut them down. But I don't know. And that's why I say, you know, you can watch a few games this year, including the one this weekend, and, and come away with the idea that the backup running back, the little guy, 
might even be a little more explosive and have even a little bit better vision than Pollard. Pollard catches the ball really well on the backfield. Tight end's a big thing for them. And so, you know, okay, they're going to get – what's his name? Well, both guards, right, back. Because they had the one who got sick yesterday, didn't play. I can't remember his name for some reason. And then Tyler Smith, the, the was he, the other tackle or guard? Anyway, it's two of their starting offensive linemen. One's had the plantar fasciitis deal, and the other one got sick yesterday. But you get them back, and let's just say they can go, and then maybe that helps. It's just that I have felt that way all year. Um, good point. Will says Pollard's been good at blitz pickup. Uh, his running leaves a little to be desired. <laughs> you know, all year long, especially between the tackles, um, it's like Pollard – He's going to make five yards, and then he's going to run up somebody's back. He's going to roll up somebody's legs five yards downfield just about every time. <laughs> and the other guy, at least looking for a, a, somewhere to go. Uh, blitz pickup is a huge part of it. Yeah, Zach Martin. Thanks, Grizz. I couldn't remember the name. That's it, Zach Martin. You know, get those two back and, You know, play a play a home game, throw it well, don't turn it over, win with pass rush maybe, and don't give up explosive plays. Maybe win with that in the combination of your kicker. Just win. It doesn't have to be pretty. And then you get into that next matchup, start figuring things out. Like, like I'm sorry, Andre, who called in earlier, he thinks that the Lions are going to beat the Rams. And it would be the Lions then going to Dallas the, the following week. Because what? I mean, so most likely San Francisco is going to be hosting, what, either Philadelphia or Tampa in their divisional round? Yeah, so then you could get if those things. That's an if. If. But I'm just telling you, there's not as humongous a difference between Dallas and Green Bay, as you might think. Records, okay. So we looked it up earlier. Uh, Green Bay's 9-8. and eight. They're in. Nobody's talked about them much this year. Kind of starting over. Love has gotten better and better at quarterback. Here's the Cowboys over here. They're 12-5. and five. And their only deal is they just haven't been as good on the road. Right? Overall, against good teams, against that level of competition, playoff teams, this year the Cowboys are three and four. The Packers are three and three. They both have three wins against teams that made the playoffs. And you know, so you go in there in Dallas and see who wins a turnover battle and field position and win it with a kicker. It may be one of those kinds of games. Then again, you know, it's at home for the Cowboys, and at times this year they've been able to flip a switch and Score 35 without blinking, without thinking about it. Back over to the national title game tonight. Really looking forward to watching that. We can talk about it tomorrow. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, I think Washington is going to have to pull out the old Boise State Fiesta Bowl versus Oklahoma deal and misdirection Michigan to death. Don't see what they've been doing to teams out here 
straight at them working well. Hmm. Well, you know, in their run game, even against Texas, well, and I say even against Texas, they got a good defensive front. One big guy on Texas defensive front was phenomenal. Uh, but, you know, even against Texas, they go in there and it was kind of what, two, three yards of carry? I mean, they had two touchdown runs for Dylan Johnson, but they were both from like a yard out and really didn't break off any big runs during the ball game. Um, so, you know, it's a matchup deal. I, I don't know. I'll tell you the other thing, too, I think will come out of this, which is outside of blocking and tackling, but everybody that watches college football, which, the, frankly, as much as we love it here, the reality is the numbers kind of pale in comparison to the numbers of people in the country that watch the NFL, and the ratings back that up. But anybody that does watch college football, watch Alabama versus Michigan. Um, and it had this huge rating and viewership. I don't think this game tonight is going to draw as big an audience as that one did. I really don't think it is. Even though Michigan big brand and Washington has a following and it's the national title game, I think it'll have less of a TV rating than, than Michigan and Alabama did. All right. Fun show, y'all. I appreciate you. All the comments, the text messages, and phone calls. Appreciate you very much. Thanks to Beaver, Beaver, and myself, all of us here on the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. See you then. See you.